So once I overheard a discussion between two people who I think were Christians, they were debating an issue about how God works. As it turns out, they drove to Costco together and one prayed for a spot near the entrance to the store to open up. And moments later, the car pulled out and they pulled in and the guy decided to thank God for that spot. Now, the other guy said that that wasn't God working, that they just got lucky. Then the first guy responded by saying, well, buddy, God just worked a miracle and you missed it. Now, I don't have a stance in this debate, but this does bring up a very interesting question. Is it possible for God to be working in amazing ways right under our noses and still miss it? Since 2017, we've been going through this book called the Book of Luke. And if you haven't caught on yet, one of the main antagonists in the story is a group of religious people who basically made a living out of knowing God, who missed God when God was walking in our midst. So you can imagine that people who are reading this book were wondering, gee, I hope I don't miss out on God. So Luke, he adds this story to the end of his biography to make sure that his readers, which includes us, that we would not miss Jesus if he were to be working in our midst. So today's Bible story takes place on a Sunday. Yes, that famous Easter Sunday that Jesus rose from the grave. As a matter of fact, I think it takes place about three hours after the actual resurrection. The news of Jesus' resurrection is so fresh that people who are just a few miles outside of Jerusalem would not have known about it yet. Now, in this story, there are two characters. These two characters are disciples of Jesus, but they're not the original 12. Apparently, Jesus had his inner circle of 12 disciples, and then there's a whole bunch of other people who followed in the periphery. And these two characters are a part of that group. Now, as it turns out, these two guys followed Jesus into Jerusalem, and they were convinced that Jesus was the one. You see, because there were prophecies in the day about a chosen one coming to Jerusalem to rescue the entire nation of Israel from suffering. But as they found out on Good Friday, Jesus was arrested, tortured, and eventually executed. So before we dive a little deeper into this story, I want to make a quick cultural note. In those days, they believed in the superstition that after you died, the spirit of the deceased person stuck around the body for three days. So a lot of people, they hung around the gravesite for about three days, just in case the spirit decided to enter back into the body and then he'll be resuscitated. And it seems that these two people, they did the same thing. They hung around in Jerusalem for three days after Jesus' execution and nothing happened. So they decided to start walking home. These two people we're about to read about, they hung on to the last second until they decided to throw in the towel and say, you know what? We're giving up on this Jesus movement altogether. So here we go, verse 13. Now that same day, which we know is Easter, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, which indicates that they're just far away enough from Jerusalem to not hear the most up-to-date information about Jesus' resurrection. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. So this is where the weirdness begins. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. Now one of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Okay, so the irony here is that the only one that really knows what's really happening here is Jesus, who they're talking to, but they don't know that it's him yet. What things, they asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. <laughs> now in the following verses, they're about to give a quick recap to Jesus of what just happened in Jerusalem. 
pay close attention to the words they used to describe what happened. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. Which is code for, we waited for his spirit to come back into his body, but that didn't happen. But did you notice what he said that he was hoping for? He said that they were hoping for Jesus to redeem Israel. Now this is really important, so let's hang on to that for a second. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. Now apparently these two travelers heard that a few women reported that they saw angels that told them that Jesus was alive. But the problem is in that culture, people didn't believe women's testimonies. So they had to investigate. So they had a few men go out there to, to look at the tomb. They were able to verify the tomb was empty, but they couldn't verify the whole thing about the angels telling them that Jesus was alive. So they chose to believe that somebody stole Jesus' body. So we discovered from the way that they're telling the story that these two travelers were walking home because they believe that Jesus is now gone forever. But the weird thing here is that Jesus is actually standing right in front of them, but they don't know that. So again, here's the question. How could they miss Jesus when he was right in front of them? Yeah, there are some people out there who say that, well, the reason why they couldn't recognize Jesus is because he looked a little different. And yes, there are scriptural evidences that say that when Jesus was resurrected, he looked slightly different. But there's something else at play here. Luke doesn't tell us that Jesus looked a little different here because he wants us to know that the reason that these two people missed Jesus is not because of his appearance, but it's because of something else. So why did they miss Jesus when Jesus was right there in their midst? And similarly, how can we make sure that we don't miss Jesus when he's working in our midst? I mean, when you read this story, don't you think it'd be a lot easier for Jesus to say, woohoo, hello, it's me, Jesus, look, hole in my hand. But he didn't do that because Jesus realized that this is not just an issue of people not recognizing him because he had a different hairdo or something. This issue was actually deeper than that. So deep that if they didn't get this one thing right, that these people will continue to miss Jesus working in their midst for the rest of their lives. And that thing that Jesus had to correct was the framing of the story of God. You see, what we learned from this story so far is that Cleopas and his traveling companion believed that God was here to deliver them from suffering. And that's all they could see. I mean, these two people eventually threw in the towel because they realized that the suffering Jesus does not fit into the mold of a savior who's here to save them from suffering. I mean, it makes complete sense that they would have doubts about Jesus because they framed him differently. They had the wrong expectation. You see, these two travelers, you could imagine that their whole lives, they focused their story on how God's going to deliver them from suffering. But in the meantime, God was actually telling a different story of how God was going to redeem the entire world through suffering. You see, these two travelers, they couldn't see that God was working in their midst because a suffering son of God didn't fit into their framework of how God works. You see, I, you, we, we all have our own version of how we think God works. Some of us, we think that God is working when we get a raise. We say, praise God, I got a raise. And that's very much could be the case. Some of us also believe that God only works when good things happen, like when our crush says yes when you ask him out on a date, or when a parking spot opens up really close to the entrance at Costco. And in contrast, we think God isn't working when we lose our jobs or when we break up with our significant others or we end up getting the furthest spot in the parking lot. And in doing so, we miss out on what God is doing in our lives. You see here, Jesus is demonstrating for us that we miss God working all the time because we only think 
to look for God in the happy times. In other words, they missed Jesus in their midst because they had the wrong narrative about how God is supposed to work. So how does Jesus help them see what is really happening here? That's the next verse. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Now, the way that Luke tells the story makes it seem like Jesus had to correct them. Like this is important to him. Jesus is basically scolding them saying, have you guys not read the Bible? Everything that happened in Jerusalem today has been predicted and written about in the Old Testament. Jesus felt the need to make this correction because this worldview kept them from seeing God's greatest act in history that happened right in front of them. And not only that, Jesus was walking in their midst and they didn't even suspect that it was him. Verse 27, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. It says that he did a Bible study all the way from Genesis to Malachi, the entire Old Testament, just to let them know that it was through suffering that God was going to save not just Israel, but the entire world. In essence, Jesus was reframing their narrative of how they believe God worked. So the question now is, what narrative of God do you believe in? Do you recognize God only in the happy times? Do you see God working in the sorrow and the grief and the suffering? Because according to today's passage, having the wrong framing for God can exclude us from seeing God. I mean, how many times have you heard stories of people who are having a terrible time? And because they framed God as someone who would not allow us to go through suffering, that they decided to toss their faith away. So church, may you remember that God has redeemed humanity through suffering. And may you see God working, not just in the happy moments in your life, but also in your suffering. And may we all experience heaven together. God bless.